stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now. I'm leaving. I don't think he felt anything after the crash. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to this. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I got myself thrown off. Breaking up with our BS. <laughs> we're already out of the oh, gate. We're funny. different. See, Tawny, we're, we're already thrown off here. Uh, so uh, welcome, everybody, to Breaking Up with RBS. A uh, little bit of a different situation going on today. Uh, I am in studio, and Tawny is having to call in. Hello, Tawny. How are you? Hello, JD. I am doing... I'm hanging in there. Yes, and we'll talk a little bit about why. Do you remember what episode number we're on? Oh, boy. You're going to hit me with that. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We are all out of that. It's the latest episode. Let's just call it that. (laughs) Welcome to the latest episode. And uh, thank you so much. If you're listening live uh, to us... (laughs) Thanks for sticking around for the last 30 seconds uh, and for the rest of the show. Uh, And if you're listening as a podcast, thank you so much for subscribing and for leaving us uh, a review. We appreciate it. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel at Breaking Up with RBS, you just see me uh, today uh, again because Tawny's having to call in. And so let's just jump into why, Tawny, and, and just really dig in. So why are you calling in today instead of being in the studio? Yes, I am patiently waiting on my second grandbaby to enter the world. Oh, yes. A very good reason to not be in the studio. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so my guess is, uh, well, congratulations in advance, uh, but certainly my guess is you have a lot of different feelings going on about this imminent arrival. I do. And, and I said patiently because I'm really working on my patient mm. skills through this right now <laughs> taking a little bit longer than we'd like um okay. but we're gonna get there yes yes yeah okay so I, that makes sense and I, I can sort of feel that um your is it a battle with patience or just an awareness that impatience is there you know, yeah you know it's one of those things i don't get to control right mm-hmm. right life entering the world is not something that we in general get to control do we no no. Um, I, I would imagine, though, not being a parent myself, I would imagine, though, in your position, knowing your, you know, your child, your daughter is going through this process that there's probably, is there a desire in you to have more control than you have? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right. Right. And you're not able to be with her, uh, you know, for, for various reasons. So that, that's got to be a challenge. So what... So patience, that sounds like a good topic. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what's that back and forth, up and down? How have you been noticing that pa- that patience versus impatience? And how have you been um, how have you been working with it the last few days? Because this has been going on a few days, right? It's take a little longer than oh, you thought. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's been going on a few days, and it's sort of like you know, it's it's a perfect opportunity, if you will, I guess, to make up a whole lot of stories about all the things, mm. right? And so when you think about patience, it really is about allowing for life to emerge, and in this case, like very tangible real life, to emerge as it is going to emerge, um, as opposed to, um, you know, wanting to sort of 
do the overthinking about what this means and that means and the other means and, and what if and all of the things that we can do up in the head about situations as they're not going as we would prefer. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and you're and it sounds like you're speaking from direct experience right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely, of course. Yeah. Right. But but certainly, you know, this is a very sort of clear experience. Mm-hmm. Um of all of those pieces. But I think that we have these smaller experiences every day that might be showing up in the same way. Yeah. Um, and we might be struggling up in the head around really looking for some control in certain ways mm-hmm. around these things. I mean, this is a clear thing I don't have control of. We can all agree on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's some smaller, trickier things that maybe we do feel like we have control over and that impatience and patience can get the best of us sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anything comes up for you, JD, when I say that. Yeah, it does. You know, what what comes up for me is a, a different set of scenarios, really. Uh, but the idea that my impatience or my struggle with patience oftentimes feels connected to some sort of expectation that I might have for something. And then having it, if it's not happening as fast as I thought it would, I get impatient or as easily as I thought uh, I get impatient. Uh, So I don't know if, I don't know if there were any expectations involved in this for you. Like your, the expectation was this would be resolved sooner (laughs) that baby would already be here. Is that, is that a key part of it? Um, I don't know, but I know for me, those things oftentimes are really closely connected. Um, You know, impatience being with some sort of expectation I have for, some situation or someone like I can get really irritated if somebody said they're going to get in touch with me at a certain point. Um, and then I'm waiting, you know, or they don't get in touch with me that can kick up my impatience, you know, or give me struggles with that. So is any of that going on at all? Or is this more of just the specific, your specific thing is just, I mean, it's a big deal, right? It's a kid being born. It doesn't get much bigger. Right, right. Yeah, you know, when you were when you were talking, I was thinking about that. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm sure that there. Well, I, on one hand, I'm sure that there are some expectations around um, some parts of this. Mm-hmm. But what really struck me when you were just talking was the word waiting. Oh. Okay. That that word of waiting. Mm-hmm. Of and not. Like, and how long do we wait, right? Like you said, <laughs> if you expected your friend to call mm-hmm. and you're just waiting mm-hmm. and, and what what that feels like to just wait. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we learn to wait well. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, what I'm experiencing as you talk about that, at least for me, is no, I don't wait well. Because what happens to me is, and and this is going to sound, I think, well, I will, I'm worried it's going to sound arrogant and maybe it is, but like my time is very important you know, for me. And so if somebody is, you know, if I'm expecting to hear from somebody or, you know, have a conversation that I'm putting aside or time to put aside, um, I want it to happen when I think it's going to happen, even if there's been an agreement, right? And especially if there's been an agreement. Like I'm going to call you at such and such a time. If that doesn't happen in there, that really can bother me. And then, then more things besides impatience come in, you know, frustration, resentment, anger. And then the stories can kick off for me. 
you know, like the stories that I tell myself, oh, I must not be as important enough it, or some catastrophic thing. Are they in a ditch somewhere? <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I wait well. Uh, and I'm wondering why, because waiting by itself seems like a very normal thing. We wait for lots of things. Um, we wait for movies to start. <laughs> we wait for our work days to end. Right? We wait for holidays to arrive or vacations to arrive. So, yeah, I don't wait well, but I'm not sure exactly why why that's a struggle. Yeah, I wonder um, if if it's, it's if it's just enough space for the stories to kick in. Like it gives us just enough space that then we're, like you said, well, my time's valuable. Mm. Well, that's a story. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a right, it's right or wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying like it is a story that you're talking about. That's true. Right. Like, right. So, so I wonder if there's just enough space in there for the brain to go like, okay, we well, need to think about something here. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like it has to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we've talked about it before that one of the one of the challenges in in presence work is that the brain does really want to make meaning when we don't have an explanation for something, right? When so its it stories can say, okay, well, this isn't happening, or I'm not sure what's happening, so let me create some scenarios that could explain this. And the danger with that, of course, is that at least with me, and I know with others, you can start telling yourself stories and you start having emotional responses to the stories that aren't even happening. And that's where anxiety and stress and burnout and all that happen. Uh, I think there's something to that, that uh, there is just enough space in there. And so when I think about how to, how do I work through that when that happens is kind of getting into the body is where I have to, as soon as I remember that I can get into the body, that's usually where I begin to disconnect the brain from having to tell those stories. Is that, that that's sort of the that's one of the big purposes of getting into the body, isn't it? Yes, I think about sort of like getting underneath the stories, right? If the stories are right, you know, right around the eyes, I guess you know, well, as we tense up our eyes, oftentimes the stories sort of linger around that space, yeah. right? And if if and this is what I've been practicing quite a bit this week is getting underneath the stories. I could go into a lot of different places while I wait. Mm -hmm. And instead of going into all of those places, what I've been working through is just getting underneath those stories into my body and waiting from a body space as opposed to a head space. And that, and I find that that's been really helpful. Okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I think that's, I've experienced, those are two very different experiences from the head space to the body space. What is, what's, what are you experiencing in the body space around this that's so different from the head space? Well, my experience in the body space is that this this is no longer a problem, mm -hmm. right? From a head space, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the different scenarios and, and problems around the waiting. From a body space, as I am connecting with my breath, sort of connecting with how I'm feeling about whatever feelings are there, um, they might be, you know, a, a, a few different feelings that pop up at once. 
um, without analyzing them and just noticing them, oftentimes what, what I notice I do next is I go do something that I can have um, influence with, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I had a great workout, been doing some <laughs> great workouts, spending a little bit more time there in the last few days. I got a ton of weeding done yesterday. The day was beautiful. So I got out in my flower beds and I just really spent a lot of time doing some things that would connect me to something other than all the thoughts that I could create around the, you know, the experience that I'm currently in. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. I, you mentioned working out one of the ways that I've been responding to these various things where I've been waiting. I've had, and that, now that I think about it, I've had a lot of waiting moments this last week or so. And I've been doing similar things or like what, uh, I went and had a, had a long workout yesterday myself, you know, and it was directly in part of like, okay, what can I do right now? And that was again, coming from more a body space anything else. Cause I was spending a lot of time getting into my body and, and breathing and, and letting the, the feelings I was having, the frustration, the impatience, just kind of let that expand, right? Just acknowledging it was there and not trying to fight it so much, but also not feeding the stories. And where I just ended up arriving at was this, I, I don't even know if it's a realization cause that sounds like a headspace, but an awareness that a great thing for me to do would be to go get a good and go get a good workout in. And it really helped. It got me grounded, got me present. I felt like I was accomplishing something really productive for myself and helpful and healthy. And uh, that goes a long way then too, doesn't it, in helping the body respond to these. I feel like I reinforced my body's ability to keep me integrated and keep me keep me moving and keeping the stories at bay. Is that is that what you're finding too, as we reinforce the body? It helps with that process still? Yeah, just keeps us connected, yeah. right? Um, and, and that's the other part too, is that we're talking about working out certainly and staying connected to the body. We certainly can work out and not be connected to the body at yeah. all if we're caught up in our stories. And we certainly can be connected to the body while, while we're in, in a movement pattern like that. We also, and the other part of it too, I guess, is that we don't have to, I hear this a lot from clients, like if I'm going to get into the body, I've got to be still. <laughs> And, and, and that is a way to get into the body. And in my six week mastery, self mastery class, there is some guided meditations in from a still posture that is practiced for sure. But there's these other um, ways of getting into the body around some movement practices or just, you know, being in nature or, you know, doing something that allows you to get underneath the stories. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's important point because I know for me one of the most important things I can do on a regular basis is when I'm in a space where those stories are are coming up, I'll actively step out of whatever physical space I'm in. Oftentimes I'll just step outside. Just get a deep breath of fresh air, get out in the sunlight if it's there, you know, or just kind of getting out of that for a few minutes. Even if I have to go back in because I'm doing work or whatever, I find myself in a different different experiential space when I do that and when I'm intentional about it. And there's times where, you know, I could be driving somewhere and I realize that my, I'm holding my breath or I'm up in my head and just being very intentional in my breathing, even as I drive. Uh, these are all things that we can connect with our bodies pretty much anytime, anywhere, depending on, on what's workable in a given moment. 
absolutely. Another fun thing to do to get into your body also when there's a sense of just needing a little bit of uh, relief is is the the art of shaking. Oh yes. Uh, have you have you looked at that or practiced that? I've done it before. Much? Since I'm on video here, mm-hmm. you can like tell me to do something. I can do it, and everybody can kind of <laughs> see what it's like and chuckle at me because you're chuckling at me already. So, what do you- right? It's it's you know you could be standing up or but but it's just about allowing the body to shake and move however the body wants to shake and move, mm-hmm. right? And so we're often sort of like imagining the cells jumping up and down, right? We as we're shaking our body, that is a great way to kind of mix things up in there and renew and recharge, and and then also. Remind the body, hey, we're, we're still connected here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great way to get underneath the stories, too. Yeah. And can be can be kind of fun, especially with kids. That's true. Kids love <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, I just did a little bit here in the studio. I don't know if you saw that. And I can feel a little bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Um, one, thing I, one thing I've done, too, is, like, is there are times where when I'm doing practices that where I'm more still, like you talked about those still poses, where I'm doing that, where it can take me a little while for those things to to sift, to have an awareness of the feelings I'm having, to name them or whatever. And one thing that I will do sometimes is, and I'll find myself doing it, I'll just start doing something like this, rubbing my hands together, right? Or running my hands across the tops of my legs, right? Or across my forearms, just to reconnect with just my physical body. Cause if I'm up in my head, I'm, I'm sometimes not even aware of how I'm sitting or how I'm feeling. If, if my back is stiff, if I'm in a posture that isn't the best for me. And when I do that, I find that all of a sudden it, it helps reduce that, uh, the mind space, the power of the mind space. So it can be something as simple as that too, seems like. Yeah. And these are so subtle, they are. right? Just even sort of tuning into the uh, pacing of your breath, not needing to change any of it at all, Mm -hmm. and allowing for the front of your body, face included, eyes tongue, front of the body to just soften. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about just being able to tune in in the cars you're driving, like, yeah, tuning into softness, tuning into your breath, not needing to change anything to make that connection happen. Mm -hmm. Just those two pieces are going to allow for that getting back to the waiting and the patience to be practiced in the body as opposed to kind of controlling our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that even just as we've been talking here, doing these things, it it opens up more of a sense of flow in me rather than where are my thoughts at or, you know, it, it really just kind of puts me right in the present with what we're talking about. I'm noticing, I'm noticing that just on the basis of what we've just been talking about and doing. It's, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's yet another reminder as I've been experiencing a lot uh, lately of just how aware our bodies are of not just ourselves, but everything around us, right? Outside, outside stimuli, everything from like, is it cold? Is it hot? <laughs> you know, is, you know, when we, when we feel nervous, we can feel that or when, when we're apprehensive or, uh, there's so many things that it picks up on and informs our brain about whether we're conscious about it or not. So when we take these little steps to really experience what the body can tell us, 
it just feels like it supercharges all those those things where I become so much more aware of not just the other people around me, but where they are and what their emotional state might be and just that connectiveness or connected to nature or connected to the present moment. It's a really powerful thing. The more I practice it, the more I'm aware of it. And the more I see and experience the body and the mind being partners rather than the mind dominating over the body, which is the way I think we often think of it, right? What do you think with that when I mention all that? Yeah, you know, what comes up for me is really, as you were describing being in the body and sort of connecting from that space, like that's where we connect through hard space, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and that sense of safety, that sense of togetherness, that sense of connection is empowering to all of us. Mm-hmm. We all struggle. And when we can communicate from that space more often, as opposed to just the problem-focused, solution-minded space, there's a feeling there that is so much more powerful than the problem-making and solving space. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and so often, as we've talked about on other shows before, is that from that connected space if you aren't always thinking in terms of problems or solutions, oftentimes the problems as such as they were tend to evaporate and the solutions kind of just arrive, whether we call them solutions or not. It's interesting. Man. Absolutely. And that's where we have, that's where we have, uh, I guess, uh, agency in our life. Right. It is the connections that we make person to person, the feelings that we create person to person, the safety that is experienced person to person. That's where we can have the most impact. We're often looking at the big, huge things Mm -hmm. out there. Like, how can I solve that big, huge problem? Yeah. And we can't individually. Yeah. No, it's, and it's, it's, it's true because, and I know we live in an age where people tend to get pretty cynical about those types of things because the problems feel so big. And then sometimes there's cynicism then about the idea of, well, connecting with individuals one-on-one is all you can do. And that's how you, you know, that's how you can really affect change for yourself and change for the world and all that. People tend to get pretty cynical about that. And yet what what we have seen so often and what we, I know both of us have experienced is that when you do that, it really is a profound shift Um, personally. And then for the people that we are connected to, they notice it and it really has a power to it, but it's, it involves getting under all that BS, which is why we call this breaking up with our BS, right? All those things we've been talking about that, that mind layer tend to just be things that are in the way. Uh, and getting under it like we've been talking about today. I mean, just ask yourself, how is, how is this conversation casting where you are waiting for your grandchild to arrive? How's, right. how's that helping you right now? Is it helping, having talked about this? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the thing is, going back to what you talked about with sort of um, folks being getting cynical or, or feeling that way, just, okay, just connect to, you know, if we're connecting from a headspace, it's not going to be connecting. Yeah. 
right? So that's what, what's so important is getting underneath the stories, connecting from a heart space. And then whatever is going on that we don't have control over, that we could easily make up stories, they, they're not here right now. Mm-hmm. So right now I am having a heart connected experience that gives me a break from the waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really what this is, isn't it? Because <laughs> I can feel it, right? You know, when we were we were talking earlier about just, you know, the waiting, I could feel that energy for you, you know, and it wasn't made up in my head. I wasn't saying to myself, oh, I would be feeling this way, this way, this way if I were Tawny. I was just really connected to just how you were feeling about it. And I could tell, I mean, even, I can't even see you and I could still pick up on, you sounded calmer (laughs) like you like what what did you call it you got a break from the waiting you can sense that it's pretty remarkable because that's from that heart space right yes absolutely well good so not only are we helping people break up with their bs but (laughs) it helped you today for Mm -hmm. absolutely that's really good that's really good well we're we're getting close to time here uh tawny and so um, what I wanted to uh, give you a chance to talk about, again, you mentioned it, your six-week self-mastery course, that where people can can literally do the, a lot of the things that we just talked about. Um, where can people find that self-mastery course and sign up for it? Yes. So they can go to unperfectyourself.com okay. and register right there. And get all the access to some of the, the content that we talk about here. But the, the biggest part is the practice that you're going to be able to mm-hmm. experience with some consistency, with some repetition. And that's what's going to allow for some of the experience of what we've been talking mm-hmm. about. And they get, they get new kind of modules or new activities every week, right? For six weeks. Is that how that works? Yeah, each week. And they don't get it all at once. Uh-huh. Because we don't want nope. that. Just what co- things to concentrate each week and build <laughs> upon. So. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So if if the if you've been listening and the things we're talking about sound interesting to you and you'd like to learn how to do them yourself and see what that experience is like, the six week self mastery course that she's offering is great. So, well, Tawny, I'm I'm certainly um, hoping that you don't have to wait much longer. Thank yeah, you. and Thank you so glad much. you're able to glad we were able to give you a little bit of a break there, and and uh, thanks to all of you uh, listening for uh, tuning into this episode of breaking up with RBS. We will be back next week uh, with another episode, and we'll talk about whatever's going to come up then, and uh, we'll talk about Tawny's new grandbaby uh, as well. I'm uh-huh. sure. <laughs> uh, but until next week, um, I am JDK Winnikin, and on the other end of the line is I am. I'm Tony Santa Maria. Right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Stop it now. I'm leaving. Yeah. I don't think he felt anything.